and welcome to this episode of On Air with Air Cargo World. I'm your host, Kelly Stroh, editor of Air Cargo World. I recently spoke with Emma Murray, founder and chief executive officer of Meantime Communications, and Celine Urquad, founder and managing director of Change Horizon, who have recently partnered to promote gender balance within the air freight logistics industry. In this episode, I discuss their Women in Aviation and Logistics Pledge Program, as well as gender equality in the air freight industry more generally with Emma and Celine. One of the program uh, object, uh, objectives um, includes the launching of a public database of female speakers in aviation and logistics. So why do you think the their voices have been silenced? And I guess, like, what forms of systemic inequality have women out of the aviation and air freight sphere? And why? Why? Well, actually, it's uh, not rocket science to just, like, see that uh, many events online or physical events uh, do not have a lot of women speaking at uh, at them, uh, not a lot of women attending uh, as well. So it's uh, it's really a deficit in terms of uh, uh, women visibility at those networking events and and opportunities for them or missed opportunities for them to uh, to be known, to be heard, uh, and visible uh, at those events. So it's just really like by attending those uh, those events, um, physical, I said, and 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 online that we, uh, I mean, it has been years that uh, Emma and I we have been discussing uh, about the fact that there are not enough women uh, in those rooms and not enough women speaking, and it's a shame. Uh, so you know, after years of uh, speaking about it and really being frustrated about it, we wanted to uh, to do something concrete and bring a solution on the table. I think it's interesting that you use the word uh, "why have women been silenced?" Because from my perspective, I'm not sure that's actually the case. But and I've been in this industry for quite some time, and I've had lots and lots of opportunities, and I've always been surprised about what a contradiction it is that it's an industry that seems very welcoming and open, and at the same time, there's no visibility and there's no encouragement uh, to get more women in the industry. One of the comments that we had, and we had many when we first launched this online, um, was uh, talking about the fact that um, the person didn't know um, where to find women. So it was all very well thinking about, we want some women on the panels, but they had no idea who to approach. So I guess it was time for us to take a little bit of control there. And, um, if that's one of the issues, then let's create a database of industry experts. And these are industry experts. Let's make sure we do that. Because there was definitely a full start about 10 years ago in our industry uh, when the powers that be, as they were, decided the best. When we said we wanted women included in the panels, what we wanted was panels of women talking about being women, not more visibility for industry experts who were women. Um, and I think that also possibly the um, the industry is strangely complacent and not really thinking about how to attract the very, very best next gen and not quite catching up with the way the rest of the world is and not seeing the value in having role models that would then attract the next generation to make this industry even better and the best it can be. So it, silence, I'm not sure. Complacency, definitely. Um, and, and complacency possibly, you know, I'll, I'll take responsibility for that as well. We probably didn't push ourselves or either. 
Um, and it's a combination of those things. Um, the kind of like kick up the butt that the last 12 months have given the world and especially the logistics industry and especially by putting the logistics industry in the forefront of everyone's mind and forcing us to um, find ways that we never possibly could have imagined probably uh, could be possible, could happen. You know, in the past, we might have said, oh, there's too much legislature. We can't do this. We can't pop a box in the cabin because of this and that. Actually, we just had to get on with it. And so I think maybe that has opened up people's minds to the possibility of thinking differently and also focusing very much on, on the future, which this is a big part of. Yep. Um, kind of similarly along those lines, when you're talking about complacency, where do you, like, what do you think needs to be addressed in order to understand kind of where that complacency originates? Um, and what is kind of upholding the complacency, do you think? Well, I think in terms of, um, you know, the, uh, the roots of the, uh, the issue, uh, I agree with uh, Emma, it's not that women are silenced. It's that uh, it's easier for uh, event organizers, for corporates to push the people they know and to push the people that are already visible. So it's just like, uh, you know, it's, it's a big thing to organize an event. And if you can just like, you know, organize a nice, good panel or uh, invite uh, keynote speakers that you already heard and, and that, uh, you know, you, you find like good, uh, good experts, it's just an easy thing to just pick and choose the ones that you already heard. So it's, it's an, an extra effort to go and find the hidden gems. And, and I would, I would feel that uh, there are lots of uh, those hidden gems in the, you know, the, the women uh, pool uh, of experts uh, and, and event organizers, they need that help. But we uh, decided to start with an, an easy, simple solution that we feel we can, uh, we can offer, which is this database. So for the ones that already exist, those female experts, we'd like to just uh, give a tool for them to be, uh, to be found. Uh, but we are not going to address, at least with this uh, first solution, we are not going to address the there may be a shortage of female experts in some categories. Uh, I think also just to answer your back to your question, put back to your question, is it is it inherent as a problem in the industry? And this is just a reflection of it. Um, yes, probably. I mean, I think as a logistics and supply chain industry, let alone air cargo, uh, we suffer from a you know poor self-image, which is self-inflicted. Um, quite often with the air cargo. Guys and girls, you know, you have that uh, impression that it's a club, maybe some kind of club, which can be brilliant and really comforting and very supportive. And maybe if you're looking from the outside in, it feels a bit prohibitive. And that as an industry, uh, we haven't done enough to kind of remove that perception and so encourage more females to come into it. I mean, it, it is reflective of the fact that certainly traditionally we didn't go out and try and attract females. I fell into it by mistake. 
completely by mistake. You know, I answered an advert to be an air cargo reporter on a publication now defunct. And I thought that would be perfect for the next six months till I move out of London. And that was in 1994. So if I'd known about it before, I definitely would have gone for it. I even tried to encourage my kids to do it. Of course, they're not interested because why would you do anything mummy says? But um, there's definitely it, this, this, this perception that it's, a, that it's some kind of club that's, that you can't join needs to be replaced by this perception that it's this fantastic industry which is full of dynamic people, full of challenging opportunities, full of travel, and a great network of really supportive people, and that's what we need to replace it by. And this is one way that we can do it. If you know yourself that if you if there's no one to look at to, to replicate to to follow in their footsteps, it's very hard to imagine it, isn't it? So we also need to change the perception of the people who've been in it for a long time. Um, we need to change their perception of the fact that there aren't women in there when there are, so that we don't face a situation again when people go, which somebody did, by the way, to respond to us. Oh, well, isn't it the fact that just girls were never very attractive to their cargo? I'm not going to, I'm not going to finger that person and say who they are or even particularly blame them. I just think that's probably, that's almost certainly a perception, right? Just like girls can't be airline pilots or whatever the hell else it is, yeah? It's brilliant. And it's, you know, this is a fascinating industry. And, and myself, as well as Emma and you, it was just by chance, it was just an opportunity that I never thought about. And frankly, joining that family, it feels, it feels nice. It's, it's fascinating everything that this industry is, uh, is doing. Uh, the world can really like uh, uh, go well. The just just the story uh, last year and this year uh, around you know the the world uh, being saved by by logistics by by cargo uh, with the PPEs uh, now with the vaccines with foods. I mean this is really a a great contributor. I mean, aviation and logistics, both worlds, are great contributor to make uh, the world more sustainable. And we need to pitch that story because it's a real one. Uh, and, and we need to really make it attractive. And the more we make it attractive to the new generation, to you, Kelly, and your, and your uh, colleagues, uh, the better we will, we will be equipped uh, to like really start this uh, um, uh, uh, circle of like uh, just, you know, being attractive, attract talents, retain them. And those new talents have bright ideas and they want to make it better, etc. And And we really feel that, you know, an industry can, can be uh, successful only if this is also inclusive. And it has a space for both men and women, and and this is what we we want to uh, to bring you know in in the conversation. We really want to make this industry even better than it is. So, how do or how does meantime communications and change horizon expect to shift the women in aviation and logistics program from just like a pledge to something actionable? If, yeah, we can start there. 
That's so that's hard. always been at the heart of what we wanted to do is to make sure that it's something tangible because there have been lots and lots of, oh, we must, like I told you before, like we'll invite a load of women to talk about knitting or whatever it is that women do on the platform. Um, so that's why Celine had the very good idea of creating a, a database, which is a, a, a start for a start, something very tangible. And that tangible database in its turn has tangible effects because if people start using it, literally there will be more women attending and on the stage. So that's a practical, tangible thing that we can do. Um, just by putting it out, I mean, communication. Uh, so just by putting it out there and making that challenge to the to the event organizers, that's another tangible thing. Because yeah. good luck to you if you don't want to sign it and all the other people did. Good luck to you to get delegates or whatever it is. I, mean, I don't mean that in an aggressive way, but it's a very tangible way. Also, let's talk about the celebration of them going, actually, we do take this very seriously. We take up the challenge, we're up for it, and we're going to make a change and kind of join hands and help you do that. As to the other building blocks and how it evolved, it, for me, and Celine will tell you um, more about this, but for me, it is something that will evolve, and it's not something that we ourselves uh, I, I don't want to own it, like this is just us, and we're just the only people driving it. The idea is to give something a solid platform and bring our talents, my communication skills and Celine's network and her knowledge uh, to, to, the, to the table and then hope that other people join us. But it has to be tangible, that's for sure. Yeah. So in terms of tangible things, so, uh, we, we, we are starting with this, this uh, database. Um, so very concretely on my side, I'm really looking at, uh, you know, how to develop and put a really cool uh, online platform uh, of, uh, of female speakers. Uh, I get some inspiration because they, this is something that uh, that I'm not like inventing. Uh, it exists in other industries, uh, so I'm reaching out to uh, to people that are working on that for other industries to just you know learn about what uh, what to do and what not to do. Uh, we started with uh, a form already, so we already have uh, today. Uh, we have uh, 30 female experts that already submitted their profile. It means that we ask them to give us their contact details, uh, LinkedIn profile, uh, and then um, indicate if they are open to, you know, speaking at events, authoring reports, joining working groups, and also um, volunteering for board positions. Because this is, you know, this lack of... Uh, women attending events, it's just one element, but it's also the lack of women uh, considered to join boards uh, of organizations to uh, uh, also uh, not enough women uh, being invited to, uh, uh, to join working groups or to author publications, etc. So, you know, it's, it's many uh, different uh, elements. So we are asking through that form, uh, if if uh, the person is really like uh, you know interested or open to those things, so it's tick the box, ticks as many boxes uh, as um, fit, and then uh, listing all the areas they are comfortable with, so all the uh, areas of expertise they have, and and it goes from very general air cargo management, leadership, economics, industry affairs, and then going down to digital transformation, blockchain, 
safety, lithium batteries. I mean, it can be very specific. So the list is long and they select uh, the, the areas they, um, they are experts and, and they are comfortable in speaking it. Um, and then we ask them also the speaking language. Uh, just to also have this uh, diversity, uh, you know, not everything is uh, in English, so it's also interesting to capture uh, the language they can uh, they can deliver their speech and and, and their uh, publications uh, on. So that's uh, the concrete things uh, to to collect the the, the female uh, uh, profiles. Uh, and, and on my side, I'm looking at really developing uh, the database. Um, we uh, mentioned uh, the challenge to event organizers, and, and actually, it, it was like a, a second ID. It was not, you know, uh, the first ID, but this is the way it works. We also organized a kickoff session with, you know, 70 people that attended that kickoff session, and it's by listening to them. Uh, uh, bouncing, you know, ideas and remarks that we said, oh, you know, why not having an open uh, challenge to event organizers? Because, you know, if we give them a database, maybe they can use it and they can commit to improve their gender balance at their events. And, you know, uh, we are really, really excited to uh, just see uh, all the the next ideas that are uh, that that will come uh, from this initiative, and by all means, we we are calling for any people you know to volunteer their time and join the initiative to help us grow that and make sure that we can uh, improve the 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 situation. I think uh, just coming back to data, which Sally mentioned earlier on, um, another sort of not unexpected because these things uh, grow, but another part of that challenge that we put out was not just say that you're going to have more female speakers. Tell us how many you have now. Start today. Set yourself a target once you've discovered what happened this year and hit and beat that target next year and give us the data again next year so that we're not just asking you to say, oh, yeah, sure, we'll get some extra women. We're asking you to be part of this project as a whole. So, yes, by getting extra and more women visible, but, yeah, also by starting to build that data which on which we can start making some um, concrete decisions as, a, as, a, as an industry. But also and to that, underline um, what, what Celine just said, I know I've said it a couple of times, that the, this, this project belongs to the industry as a whole. So that means it belongs to men, women, young, old, doesn't matter. But it belongs to everyone. By doing this together, that's how we'll succeed and that's how we'll come up with even more tangible examples. Yeah. So we are calling for men to keep the jets and, and be, become the, uh, the best advocates for gender equality. That's important. It's not a women thing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Um, I'm curious about what what role men will play in this, especially considering that like audience polls at industry events have found that many men in the industry don't really consider the current gender balance to be a problem. So I was curious about like how do we as women overcome the obstacles presented by those attitudes, and how can we encourage you know 
male colleagues and male industry experts um, to kind of come and be an ally to women. That's an important one. And, you know, we are talking here about gender. But uh, let's say, so we are white. Uh, and and we do not know really experiment our sense what it means to be a, a black person. Um, there are many many um, social experiments out there that shows you know the unconscious bias and the um, uh, the privilege that we we have. So when we are privileged and and we are not really experimenting you know the 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 reality of being un uh, or uh, unprivileged uh, then we can't really you know see ourselves and our role so i think it's very important for men to 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 acknowledge you know the fact that in the workplace traditionally historically they have been privileged so it's just an effort to, uh, uh, for themselves to be open to the discussion, uh, to raise their own awareness, and also to maybe go through those social experiments. Uh, there are, uh, you know, like uh, companies that uh, out there that are proposing programs for men to realize that just. Again, I'm talking here about the gender, but uh, there are uh, similar uh, things in all types of uh, privileges um, uh, that uh, that we face in in you know in humanity. Um, but just just being aware, being open, and and then start the conversation. It will be already like a giant step forward for men to be. Uh, allies and, and strong advocates for the coach because they just have to realize that. And what is really interesting is to see uh, the, the men that have uh, kids and that have daughters. And you can already see the difference of fathers of daughters. They have a different way of seeing, uh, uh, you know, the, the gender uh, equality. And the need for women to uh, to to be given, you know, equal rights and equal opportunities. I think uh, this, this also comes back to collective responsibility for me. So um, it is it is it is not uh, the remit of Celine or Emma or Kelly to to make this change. It is up to all of us to step up as individuals to make this change happen. That includes uh, the men out there who maybe don't feel that way, but it also includes us in another way. We have to make sure that we are showing and demonstrating our expertise, our celebration of the industry, etc. So it's up to us as individuals. We've got to change that perception. And I'm sorry, but we're to blame as a community here from being the guys who are sort of sitting in the back, sort of whinging about our pay differences and complaining because we're not on the stage. We have to change that perception very tangibly to show that that's absolutely the reverse. What we're doing is celebrating this industry and we can't wait to share our knowledge with everybody. And I think if, you, if you're able to demonstrate that and you couple it with the majority of people, let's be honest, who are open, even if they're a bit set in their ways, then change will come. And you know the people who won't change, they'll just get left behind. It just will. 
In the press release, um, it said that the program will be pushing for progress and broader diversity and inclusion metrics. So I guess I was just curious, what exactly does that look like? What are the steps that? So, I, so that for me, for me, this is just the start. Um, these are building blocks that we're putting together. So we've done this experiment, if you like, if you want to call it that, with the database, and already it's taken us to the next challenge. I think data plays a key part, as Celine was saying earlier on, and that we, we must make sure that as we do, take this journey that we're using this opportunity to create some uh, solid kind of data, benchmarking, whatever you want to call it, against which we can measure and challenge. And so for me, it's an organic thing. Um, this, this isn't like we've just done this, we've launched it, it's finished. Uh, this is literally just the beginning. We've got something, we've got something tangible, it's organic. And we would, once again, another big call to all of those talented people out there, whoever they are, to come up with ideas and to use this, I'm going to call it movement, which sounds a bit grandiose, but replace it with something else, if you will. But this groundswell of enthusiasm, if you like, um, to, to find tangible ways forward for all of that inclusivity. And, of course, that's important. Of course, that's important. But I think equally, uh, it's important to have identified something, an area, if you like, and something tangible that we can do rather than going down that road of, of course, we're lovely to everybody and we're all inclusive, uh, but we're not actually going to do anything about it or show you how we did anything about it. It has to be tangible and it has to be building blocks. And this, for me, is a, is a very solid building block. I'm, a, I'm, I've been talking about this for years and very enthusiastically and passionately. But even I'm taken aback by the um, the reaction. And by that, I don't mean reaction. People going, "Oh, uh, smiley face, you know, nice job." I'm talking about people coming back to us and saying, "Brilliant! How can I help? What do you think about this idea?" Etc. The idea that we had over 70 people on that kickoff who were willing to give up an hour of their time, and they didn't sit quietly. They gave us ideas and afterwards contacted us with ideas. It indicates to me that it's the right time um, and the right place, and we have the right energy to push this forward. And, of course, that means diversity, all diversity and all inclusion. And once again, back to that fact that we must make sure as an industry that we attract the absolute best of the best to join it and make it even better it's a positive message for me thank you again to emma and celine for joining me for this episode of on air with air cargo world thanks also to our listeners and to air cargo world's readers download and listen to this podcast and other episodes at aircargoworld.com and on itunes and spotify 